There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast brought to you by Crossover Media. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really good. Happy to be here. Um, you know, another day in the world of Apex. Man, the sun is shining up here for me in Seattle. How's the weather down there in Portland right now? Blue skies again. We, Are we getting buckets soon? Yep. Hopefully after this recording, I'm going to go shoot some hoops, but I got a lot of work to do too. let's get it okay before we dive into the episode though make sure to check us out on instagram and twitter at third party pod sub to us on youtube third party podcast we stream weekly uh 4 to 6 p.m thursdays Uh, it's going to be a pretty consistent schedule from here on out you guys rocked it we asked for a little uh sub increase to get us over that 400 mark you guys easily got us there means a whole ton uh definitely tune in it's always a fun time to talk apex and showcase that we're not absolutely garbage at the game and we kind of know what we're talking about a little bit today we got a good one though we're going to be covering some news our favorite loadouts for any kind of certain play style a legend concept and talking hemlock numbers but before we do that let's dive into some reviews first review of the day is coming from gobar yum a five-star review of course wow 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 you guys are incredible i really love this podcast and how relaxed i feel when i listen There have been so many great tips, and I finally got my 2K this week on Octane. I've been trying since season four. Thank you for the great podcast and all the work you do streaming. Keep up the good work. Why did you decide to start the podcast? Also, good luck trying to pronounce my name. I try my best. Apologies. (laughs) Much appreciated. Why did we decide to start the podcast? I mean, you have a quick explanation at all for that one? It was all Shay's idea. I don't know. It was my idea, but Henry was absolutely pivotal in the early on execution (laughs) of it. Like, man, I think honestly, though, it it did just stem from like Henry and I uh, talked about Apex so much. And we were just in the midst of the school year. I've been a podcast listener my last six, seven years of my life, whether it be fantasy football, Los Angeles Lakers or anything. And so I was like, man, like Henry and I have some seriously intelligent conversations about this <laughs> we got you know, some hot takes we got some hot takes and i was just like you know i heard in a couple other apex podcasts out there and i was just like i think there is room for more people to just hear awesome opinions and so it's kind of we've just enjoyed it from here on out yeah and another kind of pivotal part of the decision was we consume so much Apex content already. Mm-hmm. We're playing every single day. We're reading. We're watching. We're listening every single day. And I think, Shane, I thought that if we can take all that information and put it into one weekly show, that has a lot of value for people. So we gave it a shot, and I think it's going fantastic. Definitely. And, I mean, it was all passion, too. It's a passion project. Like, we uh, we're in, are not doing this to make money or to monetize it at all like if we had been trying to do that we probably would be talking about a game like Fortnite. but henry and i absolutely loved apex and it just is all about that and it makes it so easy to talk about when you absolutely love the game and love what you're talking about absolutely true next review coming from mick drippy a five-star review 
Hey, Henry and Shay, you guys are good at explaining legends. You guys helped me with Caustic, and now I'm at 500 kills with him. Happy to hear that. You know, I think the Mastering the Legends segment or body that we do is kind of beloved by some listeners. Mm -hmm. If you're not aware, we did cover like Caustic and Gibraltar in one whole episode just a while back. Um, And so Mick Drippy is going through the the library of episodes here. And I, I encourage that. I think a lot of our past content is still very good. And those deep dive on legends, I think is something that we hope to continue to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, we pride ourselves on the fact that we don't just try and like bust those ones out just because they're popular. Like we want to make sure we take the time to really understand and play the legend before talking about those ones and doing as much research as possible. And so it it does mean a lot that you guys are getting some sort of value from that one for sure. With that though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, Henry and I are now one year older. September 18th was our birthday. Obviously Henry and I share the same birthday because which best friends don't. Um, but thank you to everyone that stopped by the stream, had a little birthday stream. And to anyone who has supported the show in any possible way they can, whether it be a review on Apple iTunes, a follow on Instagram, or a Patreon. So it really does mean a lot. We appreciate everything for you guys that you have done for us. Anything else? Yeah, I guess I can just say thank you too. It means mm-hmm. a lot. It was a really fun week. You guys uh, sent some nice things in and it was a pretty fun week for the show and the stream and everything. Yep. Now a little big brag for the show. Uh, it means a lot, but we are now in the top 20 on the Apple Podcasts, according to a couple charts uh, in the game genre. You know, this obviously fluctuates a lot. We peaked at 19 this week, but Henry and I honestly couldn't have imagined that when we started doing this podcast that we would gain this much popularity and have this many listeners and so no matter where you're listening huge thank you to all of you and to everyone that's given us that five-star review on apple i don't even think you guys can understand how important that is for our growth and how much that means to us it's truly truly appreciated we're just gushing about the fans right now i love you guys so much it it really does mean a lot and we're taking off here you know it's really cool to see that that we do something that we enjoy we care about do it consistently and because of your guys support i think we're we're gaining a little bit more traction we're sharing the news of apex hopefully keeping apex uh feeling good and looking good and i think we're still having fun so we're keeping it up Always, always. Now we're going to get into the Apex news. And the first piece of news is there's a bit of speculation coming from our guy at Trickle on Twitter. You guys know we love him. But he's talking about how the aftermarket event, along with crossplay, the introduction of Apex Legends to Steam and the Nintendo Switch, may be coming out around October 13th. Uh, Supposedly, this was pushed back due to whatever reason. from September 15th, which was a rumored date that he had talked about, but just wanted to throw it out there. Obviously, it's still speculation on his part. We just want to shout it out because his speculation has been a lot more accurate than ours in the past, and this is going to be a huge deal for Apex when it comes out. Do you have anything you want to share about just like what you think crossplay and all the Steam introduction of the game will do for Apex Legends? 
Yeah, I will say, you know, for the past couple of months, we've been getting excited and talking about it a little bit. Um, I'm very excited, but mm-hmm. I have to say, I am a little bit nervous. <laughs> this is big, big stuff. And Apex is run by a very small team. Yeah. Like the potential that Steam, adding Steam, could have on the player base in the game and crossplay and everything seems like such a huge feature. I just hope we can handle it. Like servers, player base, like socials, like I feel like it could be a lot. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it and I'm crossing my fingers. It means the introduction of cross-platform private lobbies and custom lobbies, whether it be public or not. Uh, But that's a little pipe dream I have to maybe do something really exciting with all you listeners out there. Um, But it's going to be absolutely huge for the game, just connecting these communities in ways that we can't right now, you know, shorter queue times and just being able to maybe play with some friends that don't have the same, you know, console, especially with, these two new consoles coming out, everybody making the decision right now, those are go to PC. It's just like, you don't have to think about it with Apex, hopefully, if this cross black comes out. Would be really, really cool. Next and last piece of news, just a little Titanfall shout out. Henry and I are huge fans, but a scrapped campaign concept for the original Titanfall was showcased by design director for Apex Legends, Jason McCord in which you go on a mission to destroy a wildlife control tower. This is like the repulsor tower that we saw Crypto destroy back in season two. Really cool, awesome concept. And you know they referred to the repulsor tower in the campaign as the dog whistle. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's going to be a nice little nickname for a spot now in the, on King's Canyon. It's really cool. Like, honestly... We love the whole Titanfall universe. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very deep and rich story, but it's also just cool to see like how assets were moved from, you know, game one, Titanfall, game two, mm-hmm. Titanfall two, and then Titanfall three that was in the works. All of these assets kind of being combined into Apex is uh, really cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's always cool to see how those overlap. And I just, Crossing my fingers for another Titanfall game here in the future because I think now with the success of Apex, it'll get the attention that it hopefully uh, deserves, in my opinion at least. But it's always cool to see these concepts, and I just love game design and seeing how it, you know, what end up happening in the end versus the original concepts. Before we get into the main topic of the day, though, here's a word from our sponsors. The Good Games Podcast is brought to you by Henry and Shay. Hopefully you like those two guys. From our success covering Apex Legends, we have set out to create a new project talking about all good games. In all seriousness, if you want to hear Henry and I cover games from Rogue Company to Assassin's Creed, check out the link in the description to hear about all of the new good games. Welcome back to the show. For the main topic of today, uh, as you've seen by the title of this episode, (laughs) we're going to be discussing our favorite loadouts and specifically trying to pair them with different play styles. Um, When Shay and I were brainstorming what we were wanting to discuss this week, we kind of wanted to talk about the best loadouts, but that kind of seemed maybe too easy or less Mm -hmm. fun than talking about kind of our favorites. But we also wanted to give a little bit of value so that 
it's not just us talking about our favorite mm-hmm. guns, but maybe guns that you could put into your play style if you see a place uh, for them to kind of overlap there, if that makes any sense. Definitely. And just with the play styles, it, Apex is such a versatile game, such a, you know, every situation is going to be different. And so it is hard to say there is an absolute top best loadout for every situation which is why i think it's really cool how it's we're going to break this one down into certain and different segments yeah we tried to think through it i'm really curious if you guys have any thoughts on what we did you know i don't know if we covered absolutely everything but i like what we're uh structuring today and it's something that i think shay and i both use at least in the mm-hmm. back of our heads and maybe this will either confirm uh your current leanings or uh perhaps mix things up I hope uh, so. without yeah uh without further ado um just talking about weapons in general first before we dive into the combinations but every weapon has a different range and a different function mm-hmm. and just kind of the broad strokes to categorize different weapons are you have close range medium range and long range And the fact that you have two weapon slots in Apex means that there's tons of combinations. You can have two close range guns, you can have a close and a medium, long range, long range, medium, medium, Mm -hmm. you know, you get the gist. Um, But what's also, it's not that simple, you know, you don't just, you know, get a combination of medium and long and call it good Mm -hmm. because most weapons can be effective in multiple ranges meaning they can kind of fulfill two of those uh, functions or ranges. And one example of that is the wingman. Wingman is, you know, almost a long range weapon, but also really good uh, in close range. So the weapons on Apex, I think we've talked at length about uh, throughout the past month of the show, uh, just how cool they are. But Mm -hmm it's kind of complex to talk about loadouts because the weapons are honestly so complex. And speaking on the whole concept of different functions, like Apex is awesome because it takes it one step further, even beyond, you know, close range gun versus long range gun with literally, you know, hammer point rounds and previously in the past disruptor rounds, like having certain weapons be better at different times in a firefight, which is something pretty unique to this shooter genre and it's something i just love about this game in general yeah it's very very unique um and cool but that makes it nice and deep so that hopefully we can shed some light on the (laughs) subject um but i think that first initial question that i think everybody has asked is what's the ideal loadout What's the meta? Mm-hmm. What's the best thing that I can use? And the honest answer from us is it depends. You know, uh, what's your play style? What legend do you like to run? And then lastly, kind of what's your confidence? Um, I'd like to kind of go into that last one maybe yeah, on a yeah. later episode to kind of break that down because I have some more thoughts about it. But these three questions are going to really give you a lot of good answers for what the best loadout for you is going to be. And something to keep in mind is in the past when we've broken down different weapons, one of the cool stats that I like to pull is the necessary accuracy and like to get a knock. And I really like that because it 
gives you a really good indication of how good do you have to be? Like how mm-hmm. forgiving is this weapon? And I think that really helps uh, people realize, okay, this is one that has really great uh, results, but I have to practice. And maybe this one is one that I don't have to practice as much, but I can still compete with it. So confidence, legend, play style is all going to kind of play a role in what weapons you lean towards. Yeah. Um, and I'll just, I will tack on a thought real quick mm-hmm. here and just that, and a shout out to a streamer and I apologize because I cannot remember who it was that said this, um, but they were kind of talking about how we have obviously metas and shooter games and stuff. And, you know, this was pretty far back when the R9 was at its peak, you know, at the beginning of like season one, season two, and how crazy it was. And, you know, if you're a new player to the game, you see all these streamers and pro players using the R9 and you're like, whoa, I have to use that weapon. But when we're looking at what your best loadout is and what you're going to have the most success with, it might not be that gun for you if it's a difficult weapon. So we're obviously going to go through, give our opinions, share our thoughts, um, and maybe it'll help you work towards doing something else. But if you're the best, you know, alternator player in the world, don't, you know, go away from that just because something else uh, is better in those situations because if you're not good with the gun it's you're not gonna it's not gonna work out for you absolutely and even just tacking on to when we do dive into the numbers headshots change everything yeah (laughs) so like skill with a weapon definitely uh plays a major role um but back to that first question you're gonna ask yourself Mm -hmm. like does your legend of choice play a part into you know what the best weapon or loadout is to run uh i don't necessarily think so like Mm -hmm. i don't think there's one loadout that's the best for gibraltar or the best loadout for mirage so not really but how we're structuring this kind of segment is there's going to be different play styles and Mm -hmm. you're going to have kind of a a good indication of what weapons are going to best suit that play style um and so we're hoping to hopefully find what your play style is and then match it Mm -hmm. with something that is going to be good to run with and maybe something to work towards and get more comfortable with because maybe you don't use these weapons all the time and if you play in a full squad have them listen to this episode and talk about it because you know legends might you know change slightly how you play but the hugest and biggest portion of your play style and the role you're going to fulfill is going to come down to your team, how you play, you know, when we, Henry and I, and, you know, our third play ranked, and, you know, depending on who's, you know, playing aggressive that day, we're obviously going to push weapons to that person that we wouldn't have with somebody else. And so it is important to note that if you're with a full, consistent three people that you play with the same people every day, and I hope you guys have that squad because it makes this game a lot more fun, that, team will dictate this play style a little bit for you yeah absolutely this is a team game through and through and so that's kind of a good point mm-hmm. to add on that's kind of rule number one um and also before we go into the different styles one more note just before we kick off here with the good stuff but uh many loadouts have tears to them almost like for example i might really want to get the hemlock Mm -hmm. but i will probably pick up a spitfire 
in order to get attachments for that. So I'll try to get my ideal loadout of the hemlock, but in order to kind of optimize that loadout, there may be other weapons you can pick up in order to effectively carry and gather the necessary uh, attachments. Attachments. So I think that's something to say that we might say a certain class, but you can also still have a really good class that's maybe just one notch below it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just a little bit different. Some people love the Spitfire. Some people love the Hemlock. So there can be a lot of, a lot of like different interpretations of what we're about to say, but I think it's a good start. Definitely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's dive into the styles. So we're going to start up with the up close and personal style. Um, this is really the meta. Um, and when you couple these loadouts with high mobility, um, especially because the SMGs and the shotguns and the pistols have the fastest movement speed while aiming down sights, as well as the fastest time to kills, um, these up close and personal loadouts are really going to be maximized by the very best players, but it is a very uh, limiting playstyle. I mm-hmm. think, that you really are kind of limited to getting up in people's faces and you're going to be relying maybe less on accuracy and more on mobility and kind of awareness in these close quarter fights. Yeah, and this kind of leads back into the whole team construct thing where you're playing with a full squad and all three of you guys are running the up close and personal style loadouts. You could find yourselves in some situations that uh, won't work out the best for you. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. Like we try to preach a lot about versatility and Mm -hmm. being reactive to situations with the up close and personal. You can't be reactive. You have to be kind of enforcing your will onto your enemies, kind of getting up in their face, closing Mm -hmm. the gap, being fast, dodging, weaving, all sorts of stuff. I mean, we've played many of ranked games where we value that position in high ground, and I'm playing the Wraith, and so while Henry and Mm -hmm. someone else are up there with their G7s or triple takes, I'm just running around in circles with the Mastiff and the Prowler just saying, hey, there's people about 400 meters that way. You guys, you guys handle that. <laughs> yeah, and that goes back to team role and legend choice playing mm-hmm. a part. So I think that's absolutely true. Um, so the first up close and personal loadout that we're going to feature today is the Mastiff and the Volt. Uh, this is a very season six mm-hmm. uh, style loadout. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, one or both of these? Sure. I'll start with the Mastiff. Um, Mastiff. Oh, Mastiff. Love-hate relationship. I feel like that's the best way to put it. Um, you know, obviously, Mastiff. Do we want to give like a description of the gun itself, or how do we want to go about this? Sure, we can do that. I mean, Mastiff. Eight pellet. Yep, yeah, eight pellet replaces the Peacekeeper in the ground loot. Uh, horizontal spread shotgun can obviously just absolutely deal out some serious amounts of damage. You know, people can hit in the upper 120 ranges. Um, Now you're also going to hit for those 14s a couple of times. We just had a stream moment last week where we got a couple 14s in a row. Um, And so this is definitely epitomizes the up close and personal weapon because you want to be using this gun as close to the other team as possible. Couple it with the Volt. We have the Energy SMG New Edition Season 6. Um, kind of an awesome energy gun in that it doesn't have the charge up time that you know the Havoc and Devotion do. 
And this is the gun that was kind of coming in to replace the R99 on the ground. Um, I really like this weapon. I think it definitely has a couple of flaws in the mag size off the rip and such. But late game, if you got this gun set up, it has uh, a nice amount of range uh, that you don't normally get out of SMGs, which can really add some versatility to the up-close and personal loadout. Yeah, absolutely. I I really do enjoy the Volt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one that I necessarily gravitate towards every game. Um, but when I do use it, I typically really enjoy it. I think that it takes some skill. Um, but I think it gets results and it sounds I was really going to say that. Good. Yep. So I love the sound of it. it it's got to be it's up really there. Clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's, uh, has like an intimidation factor, like some <laughs> other guns, but I definitely, I know a volt when I hear it and I think I, I think it's a fun gun to use. So definitely. this is a good first loadout for, uh, getting up and personal with people. For sure. Next loadout for the up close and personal class is the wingman and the prowler or if you're getting lucky with a care package <laughs> swap out the prowler for the r9 hey i mean oh i i just want to we'll talk about wingman first because yeah, we can talk about the fair. prowler on ends length on this podcast but wingman obviously the handgun um just kind of a bit of a staple of apex been around for a while it's taken quite a journey from being potentially the best gun in the game, having that skull piercer to then getting a little bit of a nerf for moving the skull piercer and now reintroducing the skull piercer back into the loophole. High risk, high reward gun. Um, and that may, mostly comes in the fact that it's got an incredibly high skill cap. It is one of, if not the hardest gun to use in Apex. Um, but with that, it has this um amount of damage it can deal out is crazy you know you can hit 100 shot headshots and cl- up close it can still be effective as it can be at range and so it's definitely you know a pro favorite player favorite and at times if i'm feeling it a shea favorite i don't know are you how yeah. what are your thoughts on the wingman because you have an interesting yeah. much more interesting relationship with this gun i don't use it every day mm-hmm. but when I do, it can be incredibly rewarding. Like, it's, I think it might be the most satisfying gun to get knocks with. Oh, yeah. Potentially, just because it really just claps. It just, the knocks come so mm-hmm. quickly with the 45 damage to the body and then a really healthy multiplier for the headshots. Um, you know, I'm sad to see that. The mag size, you know, has been kind of uh, mm-hmm. messed with uh, throughout the couple months. But I think the gun does have significant risk. But if you use it and you're swapping your weapons and you have a secondary like the Prowler, like the Prowler. it can be an excellent introduction or a secondary. It's kind of like because it has the range, you can use it to start an engagement or to finish somebody off. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very versatile weapon in that regard. Yep. Then we have the Prowler, Henry and I's favorite weapon in Apex. It's been that way for a while now. And part of the love for it is it's the most forgiving SMG in the game, you know, from a time to kill perspective and the percentage of accuracy needed 
uh, to kill somebody with that mag size. It is absolutely crazy. And with the recent buffs to the recoil in the uh, non-auto mode, the gun is just crazy right now. I mean, is that I want to like dive into it more and describe it better, but I feel like it, you just can't do it justice without saying it's just absolutely amazing and a godly weapon right now. Yeah, and if you're new to the show and you think, oh, we're getting on the hype train, <laughs> we're not. We've been really trying to push the value of the Prowler since our very first episode. Mm-hmm. It, it's just such a great, reliable uh, weapon that really packs a solid punch and just has a clip size for days. It's yep. really amazing. 35 uh, definitely doesn't disappoint in the SMG class. And then real quick, touching on the R99. Uh, obviously used to be the go-to ground SMG for a lot of people moved to the care package, reverted kind of back to its older self before they nerfed it to kind of have it be justified as that ground gun. And we've been talking a lot about satisfying guns to get kills with one close with the R nine. Those are up there as well. The gun fires so incredibly fast. It's a difficult gun to use, hard to control. Um, but having a mostly vertical recoil definitely helps out with that, but incredibly satisfying to get kills with and just a really, really good weapon. If you're new to the apex and haven't used the R99 much, pick it up in that firing range and just have a great time with that gun shredding. Word. So next play style loadout class is going to be the Swiss army knife setups. Um, these are going to be a bit more versatile than the up-close and personal setups. Um, they can be effective at close range and medium range um, and are going to offer some of that same forgiveness that we were talking about with the Prowler. Um, they can still deal out some serious damage, but you kind of have some flexibility with mm-hmm. these weapons. And the first Swiss Army knife is going to be the R301 and the RE45. Really a match made in heaven, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say like the Swiss Army Knife setup in general is probably what Henry and I use the most, um, just from the versatility that it offers. But looking at that R301 to start, you know, the light gun AR, one of the best guns in Apex for a long time, just from a time to kill perspective, but also recoil. You know, every shooter game you've ever played always has that one AR that's got easy to control recoil and with the R301 slapping a really nice barrel stabilizer on there is going to give you that effect and you're going to have a lot of success with that gun. It's easy to use. It's definitely one of my go-to weapons in Apex. Yeah, just the handling of this weapon is really nice and Mm -hmm. you know I don't see a lot of people do it often but Putting it into single fire mm-hmm. is something that you can do and should do, you know, especially with this setup with the R3 and the RE, like you don't really have that super long range engagement ability, but you do when you put it into single fire and it doesn't pack a huge punch. Like it's 14 damage a shot at range, which mm-hmm. isn't a lot, but you can really pepper some people and the rate of fire is great and single fire. So it's something to use. Very versatile weapon. Um, we're definitely fans of it here. Definitely. And looking at the RE45, you know, light ammo pistol, 
getting its love this season as it should be. And it's more similar to the Prowler's rise to glory in that it's not a gun that got a significant buff, more so just finally getting some recognition and love from a lot of the people that play this game with a huge audience. The strafing speed is what takes this gun to the next level. You obviously get to move faster aiming down sights with the pistols and this gun just has such a fast rate of fire and you can get some serious kills off and one of Henry and I's favorite things about this gun is not only the reload speed but the reload animation of the RE45. Mm. It is a good one. It's up there with the best of them. But pick up this weapon, use it as your main for a little bit because I don't think it's something a lot of people do, but the accuracy is easy to get and you're going to have a lot of success with this weapon. Yeah, these weapons really pair well uh, with one another just because they can really give you a lot of that mobility. Mm -hmm. The rate of fire on the R3 and the rate of fire on the RE45 are both pretty high. And so they offer a lot of good medium range capability, which is, you know, a perfect Swiss Army knife. Um, I I really, really like the RE45. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't think we're going to go out and say it's the best gun in the game. Um, But I think I would like to uh, break down the numbers of it on maybe the next episode or an episode soon, because it is really good, but it's not a God weapon. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like it outperforms all ARs and SMGs. It has a great place. I think it's a wonderful secondary. The recoil is like, my favorite mm-hmm. has a lot of good uh, perks, but head to head against other weapons, it can be tough. But this loadout kind of mobility, a little bit of forgiveness, speed, um, I think it's a really great loadout to give a shot. Definitely. Next Swiss Army knife is going to be the Prowler and the Hemlock or the G7. I honestly. I go back and forth between these guns all mm-hmm. the time. Um, what's your preference right now? Hemlock or G7? Yeah, so I think I am in preference of the G7 between the two. While saying that, though, it's like I'll happily take either of them and run them. And if I have one with a couple of attachments, I'm not going out of my way to even take the time to swap them if it's in a box right in front of me. Um, Both these guns are absolutely amazing at any sort of range. And I just like the G7 because I do like having the shots that hit a little bit harder. And I think it just does come down to the familiarity with the weapon that we kind of spoke of earlier. And just that I can control this gun a lot more easily than I can the Hemlock. But I'm working on the hemlock, and so it soon may take the place, potentially. What about you? Historically, I've been a huge G7 person. Mm -hmm. Um, The hemlock is seriously growing on me. Like, I love burst weapons. Um, We're actually going to cover the hemlock uh, later on in our By the Numbers segment Mm -hmm. um, and kind of compare it to the G7 a little bit. Um, Right now... I'm honestly kind of leaning towards the Hemlock um, because I'm playing a little bit more aggressive. But just like you said, Shay, like the 34 damage to the body, Mm -hmm. 68 to the head on the G7 is pretty ridiculous. Like, I don't know if everybody remembers, but the (laughs) G7 used to be a sniper. 
So oh, the good old days. It definitely does some damage uh, in comparison to the hemlock. So every, it's tough. I, every, I think it's really close, honestly. Yeah, it's close. Every armed and dangerous game we play, Henry has one of those realization moments of just like, wow, I miss when the G7 was a sniper in this mode. <laughs> yeah, this game sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the next set of loadouts. So then we have the don't touch me loadouts. You know, if you're the type of player that prefers your personal space to be respected while playing Apex, these loadouts are really going to be great for keeping enemies at bay and engaging at longer ranges. Um, And kind of coupling with that long range engagement uh, capability, there's also kind of a fear factor. You're not only Mm -hmm. dishing out that damage at a longer range, but you're also saying, hey, don't come at me. Um, and so the first don't touch me loadout is going to be the triple take and the hemlock or the flatline. Hey, you got to give the triple take description because that's, I think it's your new love this season. Like you've, you've definitely played this triple take a lot this season. It's broken. (laughs) Triple take, absolutely broken at the rate of fire. The forgiveness of the the three shots, Mm -hmm. the damage that it puts out, the built-in choke. This gun is really something you got to try out. And honestly, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but Triple Take Hemlock is my favorite loadout right now. Awesome. Um, It's kind of shocking. Like, I still really love G7 Prowler, Mm -hmm. but the Hemlock and Triple Take are just so easy to use. I like I don't want anybody to be making fun of me <laughs> and thinking that I can't hit my shots, but I don't even have to think when I'm using these guns. Mm-hmm. They're so forgiving, honestly. Like I just love the hemlock, love the triple take. And I'll say when I'm getting shot by a triple take, I get scared. Yeah. So that's kind of why it's in this category. Um yeah. What sniper do you think is scarier, the charge rifle or the triple take? Triple take's got to be the scariest one right now. I've been a huge proponent of the charge rifle for a long time, just from an ease of use standpoint. And I still really do like it if I am playing in a way in which I really want to stay you know, far away, because obviously not having any bullet drop or anything um, across large portions of the map. Like if I'm swapping a four to ten on something i love the charge rifle but that triple take is just insane right now the versatility like you're saying the choke the fact that it can be used almost as a shotgun in close ranges it is just such an absolutely amazing weapon right now and gotta use it if you haven't this season definitely yeah and touching a little bit on that second weapon the hemlock um i love it like i've said Mm -hmm. It hurts me to see people that refuse to try the single fire. Yeah. Um, The burst is really good. It's even better this season. Mm -hmm. But don't not use the single fire at those longer ranges. Um, You know, the tracking uh, with this weapon, because it's a heavy gun, it has really good bullet speed. You can really hit a lot of shots uh, quickly. Uh, using that uh, single fire. So it's something to definitely try. It always hurts my heart when I see gameplay and people just missing entire bursts at long range. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely 
recommend at least trying the single fire. I think it, you know, Shay and I have used it in the past up close mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of be more confident in the exact shot placement. So we might be crazy, but it's certainly something to give a try. Definitely. And, you know, touching quickly on the flat line, uh, kind of just if you want that full auto forgiveness, if you are playing a bit more versatile, even with the long range engagement style, uh, it's a great weapon. We've talked about it at length on multiple episodes now, and it's even better this season. I'm still working on getting that recoil control down and mastering it myself right now. Yeah, and when you are running a sniper, um, sometimes that second weapon really has to be uh, that close to medium range Mm -hmm. weapon that you can swap to and then get some hip fire shots with. And I think the hemlock and the flatline are really good options for that. Like they can put out a lot of damage to finish people off uh, in those closer medium range engagements. Mm Mm-hmm. And the next Don't Touch Me loadout is going to be the G7 and the Devotion, or the Spitfire. A little less scary sounding than the Devotion, (laughs) but a little bit more consistent. Um, Yeah. We've talked about the G7. It's very powerful. Yeah. It's it's an awesome gun, but touching quickly on the Devotion and the Spitfire, obviously the LMGs right now of the meta, you know, L-Star has its moments but it's just crazy hard to use and doesn't fit into this longer range uh loadout style the devotion very reliant on the attachments on the turbocharger and these extended mags and still a difficult gun to use and the spitfire i've been liking it more this season and i am not a big spitfire fan but the adjustments to the recoil definitely make it a bit easier to use than in the past what are your thoughts on the lmgs and those two specifically this season Yeah, I mean, I think an LMG is a perfect uh, weapon for a player that wants to create some space, keep people at bay. Mm -hmm. You have lots of bullets, and so people aren't just going to run into, you know, a waterfall of chaos. Um, I will say, you know, the changes they made to the Spitfire's recoil are very, very slight. Mm -hmm. Um, I just saw an article on Dextero uh, saying that it was the best thing ever. Um, the um, developer behind the changes actually mm-hmm. like went through and kind of broke down what happened and it's definitely like it is something but it's not like a lot like some people were, were definitely running with the headline of it being like the best gun in the game and it did not change it that much at all yeah but that being said lots of bullets is still really good mm-hmm. and you're able to really hold down an area and with the barrel stabilizer on both of these LMGs, uh, they can be really easy uh, to Mm -hmm. use. Honestly, the accuracy is uh, something you can really get down. Last play style and loadout. So this one is called, it's just a game, bro. (laughs) Um, The streamer loadout. Yeah, these loadouts, if you're just trying to have fun, you know, you're going for a really high-risk, stream-worthy reward, uh, then these are really going to be your best loadouts. And the first, it's just a game, bro, loadout is going to be the Sentinel and the P2020. (laughs) Sentinel got the funniest buff still to it that I think I've ever seen with the whole gold armor, you know, only taking one cell to charge now right? Yep, that's all right. That is just so interesting still to look at. 
Well, you've used a Sentinel more than me. What are your thoughts? I think it's a really powerful weapon. It, it's so hard for me to give up those cells uh, to actually charge it up. But if you're just having fun and you want to use the Sentinel to its fullest, you have to charge it up. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing scarier or better than hitting a body shot or an arm shot and taking up to 125 shields off of somebody. It's really amazing. And then coupling that with the P2020 with hammer points, you know, take their armor off and then take their health away in three or four shots is uh, pretty powerful Mm -hmm. with the the P2020. And this can be a really fun loadout to maybe put like a one or a two times on the Sentinel Mm -hmm. and really kind of mess people up. Lead with it. Dish out amazing damage pop them with the sentinel one time and then you know spam the p2020 uh, it's definitely a fun loadout something to try out if you haven't already there's a lot of good snipers but don't sleep on the sentinel definitely not next loadout the last it's just a game bro is gonna be the l star and the g7 and then late game swap out that g7 for the Kraber. Um, I've been enjoying the Kraber this season. I've definitely used it a lot more than recently and I've had some serious success and if I'm having fun and it's a good one, it's a good one right now. Yeah. I mean, a gold bolt action care package sniper, uh, is supposed to be good, you know, hitting Mm -hmm. for 150, 157 to the body, uh, is definitely really, really strong. Uh, maybe you're not hitting those headshots every time, but it can still dish out some major damage. Um, and then the L-Star is a weapon we've talked about uh, a fair bit this season uh, on the show. It's a unique weapon. Um, getting it down is something that takes some, uh, I don't know, discipline, being able to feather trigger uh, that weapon. But I think it's something to try out if you're just trying to have fun. Uh, G7L star is a good thing to maybe mess around with, mm-hmm. have some fun with, and then trying to get those Kraber headshots and get those game-winning clutch shots. Yeah, mess around with the L star for sure, especially if you're using Rampart. It can be a really fun weapon to use in those situations. And that's kind of all of our uh, specific play styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to add that in writing this episode, I started missing one of my favorite loadouts, the R400. R301. R301. Mm-hmm. Plus the R99. Just the bread and butter. So fun. It broke my heart. I was like, no more R400. And it like, sounds so not... good. Like, I know. Someone asks you what you're running, you're like, R400. No big deal. It's beautiful. Just clean. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to hear if anybody recommends like running two of one weapon mm-hmm. um, because maybe that's what the R400 felt like, but I don't know if I'll get the same sort of results if I ran two R3s. Definitely um, not. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's tough. Uh, two flat lines, two triple takes. I'm not sure. I, run I don't know two if I'll recommend sometimes. it. Two prowlers can be fun. <laughs> Double prowler. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of this, it comes down to the attachments, Yeah, you know? Um, but I think those can be lots of fun. Let's dive into scene tips for our loadouts. Yeah. So for those close quarters loadouts, 
Um, I think the best piece of advice is the weapon swap. Mm-hmm. You go in close quarters, fire a clip or a few shotgun pulls, and then swap instead of reload. This is just something that we can't drill enough. Mm-hmm. It's really essential. You don't want to be looking somebody right in the face and reload a mag. Like John Wick would never do that. No, no, so, he would not. And he was great at no. close quarters. Yeah, he's going to definitely use other weapons uh, from his tool belt. And I think you should do the same. Yeah, the weapon swap time is just faster than every reload time in the game. And so you can just seriously deal some damage and having that extra forgiveness on the weapon swap, especially if you're running those two close quarter guns and that up close lineup can be just absolutely devastating. Yeah, and I'll also say for these close quarters weapons, we didn't mention the alternator today. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of sense that we might get some people upset about that. <laughs> um, and so I'll just say, when it comes to full auto weapons uh, and those close quarters loadouts, they offer a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. You know, alternator over wingman might be a good idea. But, you know, with the wingman, you shoot four shots, you risk missing them all and doing no damage. Um, you know, if you have the alternator, you shoot an entire mag, you maybe hit seven shots, that's going to do about 100 damage, mm-hmm. you know, and you were only, you know, 25% accurate. You really didn't hit a lot of your shots. Um, but it's better than nothing. Compare that, you know, to having 25% accuracy on the wingman. It's got eight shots, you know, with the largest mag. That's going to be 90 damage to the body. So it's honestly kind of a toss-up here um, if you're looking at, like, accuracy. But it's something to consider, full auto versus those single-fire weapons. What is more best suited to your play style, I guess? And it comes down to the person, for sure. Yeah, it really does. And lean into that, you know, important thing. Learn to be like water. Get comfortable with every gun. It's a battle royale. You don't get to choose your loadout every game. A lot of Henry and I's games come down to what attachments did we find early on, and that's kind of it. And maybe late game you have time to swap, but you're not always going to. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And then kind of moving down uh, the row here, LMGs, again, are forgiving, but you're really slow. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're outgunned by other weapon classes in terms of time to kill. And so they have their benefits, but remembering that you can move Mm -hmm. uh, very quickly in comparison while shooting. So be careful of that. Then we have these snipers, you know, absolutely awesome guns, really excellent. They better than a lot of snipers in most first person shooters, in my opinion, at least. But they limit your play style in this game very significantly. We talked a lot about that weapon swap in that close to medium range. You can't really rely on that with the snipers. Like you might have some really awesome moments, but it's not going to be as consistent as some other guns in those situations. And another tip, grab hop-ups, specifically the turbocharger and the select fire. Always. It's Mm going to be pretty rare that you're going to pass up, especially these hop-ups, because you can build one of the best loadouts in the game. Oh, built around these Mm hop-ups. And so if you don't have other weapons that have purple mags or purple bolts and different classes, you should definitely pick these up and try to build your weapons around them. That being said, 
You should also really never pass up a purple extended mag or maybe even a bolt. So Mm -hmm. also just, you know, play the loop, Mm -hmm. play the field. And now more than ever, you got to pay extra attention to the rotated crafting pool. It might be your only way to complete your setup now, whether it be that extended mag or the hop-ups that we just spoke of. Yeah. And, you know, after this episode, loadouts are really fun to talk about Mm -hmm. and really exciting. We really want to know what are your some what are your favorites? Like, what are you running right now? Uh, do you like the ones that we've highlighted on this show? Um, or are there some others that you really love to run? So let us know. Instagram, on the Discord, however you can get in contact with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And wrapping up the segment, we'll share our favorite loadouts. Starting with Henry. He spoiled his a little bit earlier on. A little bit. So let's hear that one for sure. Triple take hemlock is just destructive absolutely great combo right now we obviously already spoke about it and my favorite loadout right now you know i'm a little bit more stuck in the times but i'm loving that g7 prowler and i'm happy to use the r301 in the prowler as well and that one depends a little bit on what play style i am going with uh just depending on if we're playing ranked and i'm the close range engaging person versus you know maybe staying back a little bit more now, this was our long-time recommendation, the G7 Prowler uh, from the third-party pod, and it's just exciting to kind of give it another little shout-out because we had a lot of listeners say that we really changed their game and changed everything about how they played based off of that recommendation. has to be said again. With that, though, we're going to dive into the legend concept for the day. If you want your legend concept submitted and read on the show, email it to us, thirdpartypod at gmail.com. Shoot it to us over on Discord. If you're a Patreon member, you definitely are going to get that thing shouted out for sure. We love diving into these concepts, and the more lore, the better. With that, though, let's talk about this next legend coming from Eboy T, a Discord member. A little comment just before we get into it. He's low-key bored during his online school, so he created a team of syndicate legends designed to counter one specific legend. And wanted to know what kind of our thoughts were on having legends counter just one legend specifically. Did you have any thoughts? Oh yeah, we're happy to shed some light onto this. Um, I'm definitely in online school right now, so I understand the boredom. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really interesting idea. Um, You know, creating a legend to counter another. Uh, We know the developers have spoken Mm -hmm. about uh, how they don't really want to do this, that they don't like the idea of legend counters, but we already see uh, it kind of coming maybe organically Mm -hmm. or by accident. And so although it's something that they try not to do, it's something that kind of happens. And so E-Boy, I like that you kind of leaned into it. It's a fun idea to explore and I'm excited to hear what you got. Yep. Let's explore Leopold background leopold mingyon i apologize for butchering that probably is a wealthy playboy connoisseur of wine and women and well men a wealthy cousin of loba his appetite for lovers is much larger than his cousins frankly cast aside in favor of his younger cousin kind of sort of a pattern here that we'll be seeing he fell into a dark hole gambling mostly with a tad bit of flat out murder in the mix Leopold becomes a crime lord, drug kingpin, and fixer. He dipped his thumbs into as many pies as he could, placing puppets in companies such as Hammond, Verano Arms Industries, 
and he finds himself in the ring hunting his younger cousin who holds the last piece of the puzzle he needs, specifically a counter to Loba. Let's look at the passive though. The passive is Look at Me, reduces damage from the following legends, Bangalore, Mirage, Wraith, and Rampart. The damage reduction is up to 10%. What are your thoughts kind of on this kind of passive? Initially, it's weird as heck. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a very odd thing to put into a legend. But I will say that we have kind of these mechanics already prevalent. Mm-hmm. You know, we have low profile and fortified, which change how damage is received. And then we also have amped cover which changes how damage is received on players. And so this is very specific and almost literal damage reduction. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. It it seems weird just that it's so focused on these four, like why these four? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to completely blow it off. It would be interesting to see like if it would dictate play style at all. Like if you could make the connection fast enough, like, oh, that's a Mm -hmm. Bangalore shooting me. I'm going to have a tad of a bit of an advantage over her. It could be cool. It could be really yeah, cool. But it is a little bit cool. The tactical now. What a pretty face. Leopold transforms into any legend within a 300 mile radius. Think about the floaty lady from Overwatch for a total of five seconds. Note, does not obtain ult status. It's set to 0% and tax can be used uh, if they were used, cannot be used if they were used recently by the real person. I think this tactical could use a bit of a buff. Yeah. Honestly. Well, we've seen like, the concepts for like legends that have the ability stealing. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. you would need to say like, if you use this tactical, you sometimes won't be able to use the other person's ability. If that makes sense. Cause then you don't get a tactical. Exactly. And then your tactical then is not. only looking like them, which mm-hmm. I don't think is going to change a fight too much for the most part yeah i i still think i like the idea of being able to copy other people's tacticals Mm -hmm. but i definitely think you should always be able to use it and i think you might need a little something extra as well yeah like some sort of disorientation um building more on the yeah (laughs) maybe not a flashbang (laughs) but something on top of like the transformation idea I think could be uh, maybe fleshed out a little bit more because tacticals are a big deal Mm -hmm. in this game. So I don't think you should be afraid to really flesh that out. Now looking at the ultimate mine, all mine locates the nearest Loba in a 1000 meter radius steals up to five items from that one Loba's inventory. Man, Get destroyed. I already feel like I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage when I'm playing Loba. If this happened, I don't even know what I would do, man. Like if I got that's a lot of loot. Yeah, that's a lot of loot, and you very could take all their bullets. Yes, <laughs> all their bullets could be on. Uh, such an interesting concept of looking at a legend literally dictated towards countering one specific legend, because there's going to be games where you don't even get to use your ultimate if that's the case. So I wonder Mm -hmm. if maybe that ultimate should have more effects like the passive and be able to affect more than just the one legend, even though I understand that the whole concept is Mm -hmm. centered around countering Loba. Yeah, stealing loot direct from other people's inventory is a very interesting idea. Mm -hmm. Like This is a loot-centered game. 
And so we've tried with Loba to try to be that kind of looter legend. And I think maybe stealing direct from people's inventory uh, is something that may be explored in a future legend. So I think it's a cool idea. For sure. Let's dive into by the numbers. So the by the numbers segment is kind of an opportunity to look at one specific weapon, kind of know what's going on behind the scenes, and hopefully give you some insight as to how to use it and maybe how to counter it. And this week, we're talking about the hemlock. We're just going to dive right in. This is by the numbers. There's a lot less fluff. It's just facts. (laughs) I love it. Uh, clip size for the hemlock is going to be 18, 24, 27, and 30. Um, you compare that to the G7, which starts at 10 and goes all the way up to 20. Um, the hemlock has more bullets, uh, pretty significantly. Um, and that being said, the fire mode on the hemlock has the option to go into single fire and a three round burst. G7 with the hop up, uh, can go into that double tap two shot burst, but is typically going to be in that single fire mode. Reload time on the hemlock is going to be 2.4 seconds tactical, meaning that there's still bullets in the mag, uh, or 2.85 seconds for a full reload. Uh, compare that to the G7, uh, very, very similar. Uh, they have the exact same tactical reload at 2.4 seconds, but the G7 does have a longer full reload at a full three seconds. Um, the next kind of stat is really what separate these weapons, and that's the body damage. Hemlock does 22 to the body, and the G7 does 34. So shot for shot, uh, these weapons are quite different in terms of damage. You know, there's some guns in the game that do 12 damage. And so it's kind of like the Hemlock uh, plus that 12 will get you the G7. So don't sleep on the G7, but we're talking about the Hemlock here. Um, Headshot uh, for both these weapons is going to be a two times multiplier. So a a headshot with the Hemlock is going to be 44 damage compared to the G7, which is going to be a full 68 damage. Um, Something that, you you know, you also can't overlook because the Hemlock is typically going to be a burst weapon. Yeah, it does 22 damage, but you might be hitting three of them, Mm -hmm. meaning that you'll do more than one shot hit with the G7. So it's, they're hard weapons to compare, but, it's the closest we got. Um, and so to kind of break that down a little bit, um, the shots per second on the Hemlock is going to be 15 in burst mode or six shots in single fire. Um, in season six, they reduced the time between bursts from 0.32 to 0.28, um, which is really, really uh, noticeable, I think. You can just fire a lot of bursts more. Uh, consecutively. And then they also reduced the recoil on the second and third shot on the first burst. So that first burst is going to be a little bit more reliable. We compare the shots per second to the G7, which only has four shots. So kind of you can fire four shots the G7 or put out 15 in the Hemlock. Um, It's kind of weird to look at it like that, Mm -hmm. um, honestly. but they kind of come together uh, in terms of mag size and reload. And so they they definitely are almost yin and yang to each other because, 
you know, Shay and I can get very similar results Mm -hmm. with them, honestly. Even though they play so Um, differently. Yeah. The time to kill on the hemlock is going to be 1.6 seconds compared to the typical time to kill on a G7 being 1.75 seconds. You know, this is a stat we really like to pull because it takes into account, you know, just body damage Mm -hmm. and speed of that. These are very, very, very close. Um, And so it's hard to say which one is better, but these are the numbers, 1.6 versus 1.75. And then the accuracy stat, which is my favorite, um, in order to get a knock with purple armor and you have a purple mag on the hemlock, you're going to have to hit 10 out of 30 shots or be 33% accurate. In order to get a knock with the G7, you're going to have to hit six shots out of 20 or 30% accurate. So a little bit more forgiving on the G7, but then again, it's also a single fire weapon. So, you know, hemlock on burst, you only have to hit three bursts or 3.1 bursts if you think about per bullet. Um, And so interesting look at the accuracy there, but my final thoughts are bursts equal headshots. And that is awesome. I love it. I just love the bursts. I just these guns are awesome. I freaking love both of these guns, and it is so cool to see how both of them can be used so differently. Like between the two guns, you got four fire modes, and it can yeah. change drastically how the gun performs in certain situations between the two of them. And so it is just so cool to kind of see that kind of versatility just around two weapons in this game. Yeah, totally. I think these really complement each other, and it's a toss-up for me. I I really enjoy both of them. They're both awesome. Uh, Let's wrap it up now with some questions. You know, submit a five-star review on Apple Pods. Get your question answered on the podcast for sure. This question is coming in from Anthony. What do you think of Octane mains playing more passively with the team? I main Octane, and I just hit a 1,000 kills and have the 3K damage badge, which for me is a lot, so I'd like to not have to change my main if possible. I used to play super aggressive with him, but I've been getting into ranked and I'm trying to get to plat one or two this season. So I've taken up a more passive team oriented play style. Am I kidding myself that Octane can still be useful in the situation or is it possible to adapt his abilities here? Thanks so much for the question, Anthony. Shay, do you have some initial reactions? Um, I, Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, we're just going to, preach this over and over and over again because it's the truth but if you play with a team three people whether it be you know xbox looking for groups getting into our discord and finding teammates to play with consistently um it's going to be a lot easier to adjust your play style of a guy like octane uh, because you'll be in tighter communication with the team when to push when not to because i will just say if you're gonna play a bit more passively with him which i don't think is going to be a huge issue for you I mean, you're just going to have to pick and choose those times to push. And with picking and choosing your times to push, you got to have that team on point, especially in rank to accomplish that. And the quick little shout out to Defensive Octane. It's a beloved third party favorite, but throwing those uh, bounce pads on the doors can be really fun and actually, you know, stop a push sometimes from people or at least make them go a different direction at times. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction is I love Octane, love playing Octane. Uh, Very, very rare that I'll bring Octane into a ranked game. Mm -hmm. 
just because as much as I really like the launch pad and think it's a really good uh, mover of the team, honestly, I, I do think it does fit really nicely into that role. Um, I think if you want to be like a team player, there's other choices you can make that give you more of that. Mm-hmm. And so I won't give you a straight answer. I'll say <laughs> I really like Octane and I think, yes, you can do it. But also I'll say, don't worry about not having the badges or the stats on another legend. Yeah. It's fine. Like play somebody else who is more of a support or defense or a little slower uh, play style. So both answers for me. Yeah, I think the most honest answer I can give you, Anthony, is it's doable for plat one or plat two. But if you get to that level and then you want to make that diamond push, then you're going to really run into some limitations. Um, unless I think that's truth. Unless we see some changes, which have been rumored for a long time with Octane. Um, so yeah, I think that's just the, the clearest, I think, most easy answer, I think. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Give us a follow on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord via the link in the description to join the community. It's an awesome time over there. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.